This is the Sneaky Plays Podcast, presented by JuggerMag.com, the home of the underdog. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Sneaky Plays Podcast. I'm Chris Morris, joined by my usual counterpart, Dom Fierro, to discuss a multitude of topics tonight including Tiger Woods at the Masters, obviously. Uh, a little NFL schedule talk, some NBA playoffs too. Uh, how you doing, Dom? I'm doing great, you know. Uh, looking forward to this game that I'm watching right now in the Yankees-Red uh, Sox. You know, the Yankees behind right now, but hopefully they come back. I'm looking forward Barn to Barn burner of disappointing teams right there. Uh, yeah, don't even get me started on that. I don't want to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh it's been good, you know. I can't complain. Uh lost a little bit of money on the Masters, but I was close. Yeah, that's the boy uh, uh Brooks Kepka almost got it, but was shown up by uh Tiger Woods later in the day. So, you know, not yeah. too bad. Not a bad week at all. So let's start it right there with some good old Masters talk. So Tiger obviously has this Amazing Sunday, right? Remarkable. Yeah, wins yeah. it, played outstanding golf. If, I don't know if that's the right word, play outstanding golf. But uh, what are your thoughts on it? You know, do you think it's good for golf? Do you think he's going to – you think there's anything to this where he's going to all of a sudden go on a little bit of a streak here or what? Uh, I mean, I kind of think he's – I mean, he's never going to be all the way back. Let's face that. I mean, I think even, you know, the diehard Tiger fans have accepted that at this point. He's never going to be, you know, early, mid-2000s Tiger where he's cranking out two majors a year. He's in contention every time. He's just, the you know, an absolute beast, number one in the world. That's never coming back. But if if you're saying, is it good for golf, Tiger's back and relevant again? And he was back and relevant again even before this, let's be honest. I mean – he closed last year the PGA. I think what he finished like third or something in that. That was a top five finish. Um, and it's absolutely good for golf that, you know, he's back on top and he's won a major again. Um, a lot of people doubted it, me including myself. I'm not the biggest, you know, I'm kind of indifferent on Tiger. Obviously, I grew up, you know, loving him like probably everybody did uh, because he was the reason why you tuned in on Sunday afternoon for a major uh, the summertime to see Tiger, you know, come roaring down the back nine and the Sunday Reds to make a comeback. I mean, that's, that was one of the most thrilling experiences in sports growing up watching that. And that's coming from, you know, golf isn't even one of my, you know, four or five favorite sports. But if you're asking me, you know, why did I watch on Sunday afternoons in a big major? It was for Tiger. Um, and over the years, I mean, obviously he's, you know, he's had injuries. He's had off the, uh, certainly some off the, uh, how do you even say that? Off the field off problems. The grass, off, the green. off the grass problems. I don't know how to say that. But, yeah, he's obviously had some, some problems in his personal life. Uh, that's really what his public image, you know, took a major shot, and everybody was down on him. Um, I mean, that's not so much why I was down on him. I kind of just thought, all right, you know, this guy's sort of disappeared. He's never going to be, you know, what he used to be. So, you know, there, there's no sense in really being as much of a fan anymore. And I was never a diehard Tiger fan. But, yeah, if he's in it, it's obviously great for golf. And that was, you know, certainly the case this weekend. Um you could see from the start he was in it. I mean, I didn't think he was going to win. But, you know, as as the days kept going, you know, as momentum kept growing, he was, you know, playing better and better. Um, and I saw a stat, I think, after Saturday, after the third round, 
that I don't think he had ever lost a major when being at least 11 under yep. going into the final yeah. round. He had won every time, and that's when I was like, oof. Yeah, this is but what also surprised me, you know, he also never won a major coming from behind on a Sunday, I did. which shocked I did. me. Uh, I think every major before this, he had either he had gone into Sunday either tied or or with the lead. That to me is remarkable. Yeah, and this is his first comeback. I mean, you know, it was only like two strokes and he kind of had control on the back nine, but still surprised. Yeah, so for me, I think it was awesome to see him do what he did. You know, like you, you know, and probably like most golf fans, uh, everybody loved to watch Tiger roar back on a Sunday, you know, some mm-hmm. great childhood memories watching that. Uh, cr- clearly not the best, you know, once 2008, I think it was right. 2008. Uh, he has all that stuff with his family. And then sooner or later, it's the back and surgery after surgery after surgery. He yeah, a bunch of pills, and it ends up like eighty miles from his house, or whatever it was, uh, in a car, which is pretty scary. Uh, but see him kind of come back, I thought it was awesome. Uh, now, granted, Masters, I believe, is the easiest course. Uh, Augusta is the easiest course out of all the majors, I believe, uh, and the course is playing, you know, pretty soft because of all the rain and whatnot. But we're pretty fast, you know. I don't know really golf terms, but. Uh, to me, seeing him kind of roar back was awesome. I think it's awesome for golf. I do, in fact, though, think that he's not going to win much the rest of the year. Uh, you know, these majors just get harder and harder. The PGA in May, uh, U.S. Open in June, and then whatever after that. But it's going to be interesting. If he's good, it's going to be good for golf. It's going to be good for ratings. I mean, these net these uh networks got to be eating up the fact that he's going to be. You know, oh my god. They are drooling themselves right now. Yeah. Especially CBS. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, to me, like, I wa- this is the most golf I've watched all week or all my life pretty much. Was I watched most of Thursday or pretty much all Thursday, none on Friday, pretty much all Saturday and all Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of that is because I had Kepka who, you know, came in second, you know, but he'll, he'll be back. You know, I feel like he'll win a major this Yeah, he's, yeah, he's awesome. But, you know – but having Tiger relevant makes you want to, you know, watch that nonstop. It makes you crave watching golf, which is a weird thing to say because it is a slow sport. But, you know, there's nothing better than getting to watch four days of Tiger kind of put it on. So, and he's good for golf. He's made it what it is, in my opinion. You know, these guys, you know, I think that says a lot to a lot of the guys. You know, they weren't upset that they lost. They all said, you know, huge respect for Tiger. We're so happy for him that he's coming back because – you know, he's the guy who's kind of trendsetter to what he's done for golf in this generation, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, this was also like, you know, people, you hear people coming in saying that this was, this might have been his best shot to win a major this year because, you know, this is the course that he knows best, that he's had the most success on. Um, what, I, this, it was his fifth Masters, right? Yeah, I, I believe this is his fifth time he's won it. Yeah, so he's won this one more than any other one before. Um, and he, I mean, he knows that back nine at, you know, at Augusta better than anybody. Um, you know, I didn't even, it's been so long. I didn't really remember, but I think, you know, he's, he's had some legendary performances on the 16th hole, which obviously gives a lot of people trouble. Um, so, I mean, obviously I'm surprised that he won a major. Um, but if he was going to win one, you know, a lot of the experts were saying, this is going to be the one, 
Um, I certainly, you know, I think he's going to be in contention because this is the best golf he's played in, you know, a decade yeah. now. So I, I expect him to be in contention the rest of the year. Will he win again this year? I mean, the odds are probably stacked against them. That was the biggest reason that I thought he wouldn't win again um, is because of all the, you know, superior young talent that there is in golf now. Um, not that there wasn't some, you know, when he was coming up, but I mean, from Thomas to Spieth to Kepka to, you know, Rory to Fowler. I mean, there's just loads of guys that are young, talented, hungry. I mean, Kepka was the one guy I agree with you. That was, that, that would have been my pick going into it. Um, I mean, he's probably been the, you know, the best golfer in the world over the last year or two. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, and coming down the stretch, that was the one guy that I thought was, was going to give him trouble and was going to challenge him. Um, and he had one chance to, to really get back in it. If he birdied on the, uh, on the 17th, I think it was, he had, mm-hmm. he had a makeable three putt yep. and uh, it didn't get it to go. And once that happened, Tiger could, could two putt his way to victory on 18. Um, but he's going to be in it. I mean, it, it'll be, it'll be a fun summer. He's back on top now. He's only, you know, he's three away from, from Ty and Jack. It's something that, you know, I, I think everyone thought after, you know, after the injuries and everything that had happened over the last decade, that he was going to be stuck on 14 forever. So now that he's won one, he's got another under his belt. Um, I'm sure that's his next goal is, is to get his sights on 18. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not getting any younger. It's not going to be easy to crank out three or four more majors if he wants to pass them. But he certainly is in you know better position now than he was uh, a few years ago being healthier and, and being much better again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be fun. You know, this is my favorite part of the year. Uh, we're on the cusp of some great golf coming on soon, you know. Just a little bit of a tease because the next one's not until late May. Uh, we got the Kentucky Derby, my favorite sport ever, horse racing. Uh, and baseball is in full swing, you know. So the basketball playoffs, NHL playoffs, this is the best time of the year. So speaking of the NBA playoffs, let's go and talk about what's gone on this, you know, past few days. You know, I'm sure you have some huge opinions on your Sixers, you know, kind of having a little dinker. Oh, boy. Oh, the city was on fire on Saturday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The sky was falling. But you got that, and then they obviously come back strong uh, on, yeah. what was it, Monday, right? Monday. Monday, yeah. yeah. I lost track of my days. Yeah, these games are so spread out in the playoffs. They go, like, days yeah. without playing. Yeah, it's hard and then, so you get Monday comes around, and it's a close game at halftime. I mean, what was it, 64-62? Yeah, they were only up by one, and it felt like they should have been up yeah. by 15. You know, they really felt like they outplayed them, and the Nets just kept making shot after shot. And then court. all of a sudden, you know, 51 points later for the Sixers. I saw the stats. Yeah. The Sixers had more points in the paint in the third quarter than the Nets had points in the quarter. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they really locked down defensively, which is, I mean, obviously you look at the 51 points, but the key to them, especially in this series and going forward is defense. Cause this was an elite defensive team last year. I think they finished third in the, in the regular season last year in defensive rating. Um, obviously they didn't quite hold up in the playoffs last year, getting exposed against Boston. A lot of, you know, the, the non-athlete, the non-athletes out there, Reddick and Bellinelli and all the slow white guys they had last year. Now we only got to deal with one slow white guy. It's just JJ instead of like three or four with Sarich too last year. Um, but I mean, the, the defense came and went this year, you know, that you looked at it on paper, the defensive personnel was better with Jimmy Butler, but they just didn't, I mean, they had so many problems. Like I talked about defending that pick and roll all year containing, you know, all these, you know, small shifty point guards that really gave, gave him fits. Um, and like I, you know, like I said, it wasn't easy to, to, you know, it was pretty easy to see coming 
but the Nets are a bad matchup. Um, obviously, Saturday was atrocious, you know, with the with the, not even just the loss, but the way they lost and the the Amir Johnson cell phone yeah. debacle, which I'm sure gave everybody, you know, out, certainly in Philadelphia, but outside of Philadelphia too, just more ammo to to fire away at this team. Because the general feeling is, I feel like people outside of the city don't really like this team all that much, probably because of our process crazy fans and Jimmy Butler's not the most likable guy and. <laughs> You know, Embiid's got a you know Embiid's funny, but that can come off with the wrong way to some people. Um, but I mean, like I said, the uh, the Nets are going to be the series by no means over. It was nice to see him come back on Monday uh, with a blowout win, and that's where it's going to start is defense. I mean, they really turned up the defense in that third quarter. Um, Simmons was you know active on the ball, probably the most active I've seen him all year. He's really the one guy outside of Butler, but, you know, you don't want to throw Butler on point guards all the time because he's really better served off guarding wings. So that let leave Simmons is really by far the best option to, to defend the quick guards. Um, and you saw him guarding D'Angelo Russell from the jump the other night. I mean, you can't put J.J. Redick on him. I mean, that's just a death sentence. Um, and then you're going to have some switches sometimes where, you know, obviously NB gets matched up on him or Tobias Harris, an unfavorable matchup. But you're going to have to live with that if, if you're going to switch, you know, more often than not. Um, but no doubt a good, you know, a must win, obviously they go down 0-2, losing two games at home. I mean, the series is pretty much over at that point. Um, so good thing they got to win. I still think this is going to be a hard series. I still think it's going to go a long way. Um, the Nets are going back home where they haven't had a home playoff game in years. You know, that, that crowd will be fired up in Brooklyn. I don't know how much they care about the Nets so much in Brooklyn. Um, obviously it's more of a Knicks city, but I'm sure they'll come out, um, and I think that, yeah, I mean, I think they're, the Sixers are in for a dogfight. I still see the series going at least six, possibly seven, two now, especially the Brooklyn stole one, one of the first two games in Philly. Um, but the Sixers got to respond now. I mean, they got to win one of these next two. If you go down 3-1, you know, it's not over. You know, it's not being down 2-0 or, you know, going on the road or, or 3-0. But that's a tough, you know, that's a tough task. So they got to get one of these next two. Uh, I think they will, but it's not going to be easy. I think whoever wins tomorrow night, is probably going to win the series. Um, you know, I've been big on the Sixers pretty much all year. I enjoy watching the Sixers. I think Joel Embiid's the best big man in, in the NBA. Easily, mm-hmm. too. I don't think. Agreed, yeah. I don't. I mean, the Davis talk is you could make an argument, but every time they match up head-to-head, too, I mean, you know, me being a Sixers fan, I've been watching all those games the last two years, and B gets the better of yeah, every I, time. It's, it's not surprising. I mean, I think he's just awesome. Uh, and I enjoy watching because – Look, the Sixers are a fun team to watch when you see what they can do, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And this is why I think whoever wins game three wins the series. Is You both saw – I mean, you saw an uncharacteristic game from the Sixers game one, and you saw an uncharacteristic game from the Nets game two, right? Both teams, you mm-hmm. can say, are one of one in their style of play. So I feel like now game three, it's going to Brooklyn. Apparently the hottest ticket on the secondary market – uh, for the playoffs, so maybe they do care more than uh, anything else. I mean, they got the Islanders over there, too, in Barclays. So, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think if the Sixers can come out shooting quick, I mean, you saw them kind of pull away a bunch of times the other day. Um, you know, go up 10, go up 13, and then finally just kind of stuck, and they played well. So, you know, to me, this series is going to come down to that game. Uh, but it's going to be fun, nonetheless. I mean, D'Angelo Russell has been shut down a little bit. 
you know, first game, I think he had five points going into halftime or something like that. Yeah, he had a big yeah. third quarter, but they did. But I know mean, if, if you watch the game, obviously the stat line doesn't say the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the pick and roll, if they can – this is what the NBA playoffs are, right? You got to pick somebody to beat you and then can't let anybody else beat you, right? So if you can let yeah. them beat you on a pick and roll, let them, you know? Because Embiid's going to eat. He's going to get 30 a game. Butler's going right. to eat. You know, Ben Simmons, he's good. You know, he can get to the basket, no problem. He's an enigma, but when, you know, when he's on, he's yeah, obviously I mean, good. he's the one guy that you have to really worry about shooting basketball in tight games, you know? Uh, uh-huh. Just because he doesn't. You know, he's not a good shooter, but he's great at getting to the basket. He's a great defender, great in, you know, passing the ball. He makes a lot of things happen. So, to me... Seeing this, you know, this is the game three is going to be the one. They have to both come out, and you're going to see the true team of each, and you're going to see the Nets are really something. I think the Sixers still win this series. I think they go in to Brooklyn tomorrow and win. But you're really going to get to see, you know, the true test between, you know, which one of these teams are, you know, for real and whatnot. So, I hope so, yeah. I hear you. Um, they obviously, they got to get one of these next two. Um, you know, ideally it would be game three. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's going to be the thing. Like I said, the, uh, I mean, I think they're going to be able to score at will pretty much on Brooklyn. Game one was an anomaly. I mean, they shot three for 25 from three. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to happen. And it didn't happen in game two, obviously. I mean, they were just clanking open shots and, you know, not playing with any energy or Christmas, Christmas on offense other than, other than Butler. Um, but, I mean, Embiid, is, this is a nightmare matchup for, for Brooklyn for him. I mean, there's, I mean, he obviously is a nightmare matchup for anybody. Um, but there are other teams, especially in the East, that can contain him a little bit better. You know, we've seen Boston do a good job on him with Horford and Baines over the last two years. Um, you know, Marcus Gasol for Toronto has had some decent games against them. But Brooklyn, I mean, you got nobody, you know, that's any taller than 6'10 of that team. Um, you know, Jared Allen and, and Ed Davis. I mean, you look at the advanced metric stats, too. I think he averages like a point and a half per 100 possessions or whatever when, when guarded against those guys, which are just off the charts numbers. Um and they just, I mean, they're just too small. So, I mean, the Sixers should be able to get whatever they want on offense. Like I said, the key is just going to be defense because, you know, those Nets guards, I mean, you know, they take a lot of tough shots. They make a lot of tough shots too. So that's what it's going to come down to for me, whether the Sixers can, can contain them and at least make them work to where, you know, later in the game, you know, they got tired legs. Maybe those, those same, you know, jump shots, those same pull-up threes that are falling down in the first half aren't dropping in the second half like we saw in game two. Uh, but yeah, I think it's out of all the first round series, you know, this has the potential to be the most fun, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, like I said, I think this is the best series going to you know, the playoffs. Still yeah. Last week. And then some other ones, you know, some of these other series, the Bucks series obviously is nothing. Uh, what they beat by, they beat the Pistons by 40 the other day. Something yeah, like I mean, that. There was it was a 45 point game in like yeah, the third was, quarter, and then Andre Drummond got ejected. Yeah, and, yeah. it was. You know, that series, I don't feel – I don't think Pistons will even come close to even winning a game. I know it's, I don't either. you know, whatever the score is right now. I know it's within 10, but – Now they're down eight in the first quarter already. They're going to lose by 20 at least yeah, again, I probably. See, I don't see them ever winning again or even getting no. close to it. Uh, this Pacers-Celtics series is a little bit interesting to me because uh, I think the Celtics – I mean, I know they're losing right now. They're only down six, but without Marcus Smart, I didn't think it had that big of an impact, but clearly it does, <laughs> you know. They Definitely. Or in the other Definitely. Side. I mean, the Pacers are, yeah. they're not great, 
right? But they do play well. But to struggle scoring, what they scored, I think they scored eighty-seven points or whatever it was, right? Against the against the uh, Pacers the other day, the Celtics. It was something yeah. like that. It was, it was, yeah. Oh, that that score was. I think it was eighty-four, seventy-four. I want to say. Flashback to two thousand two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this team is going to struggle without Marcus Smart. I think they're going to be in a fear. Huge problem come round two if they make it there. Uh, this team needs to score over 100 every single time they want a chance to go into an NBA championship. I just don't see it happening without Marcus Smart. And that's a shame because they are talented. Obviously, I mean, it seems like Gordon Hayward doesn't fit there. Uh, you know, Kyrie is probably gone after the end of the year, but he can't do it all himself now. Jalen Brown is, you know, he's good, but is he going to replace the scoring for Marcus Smart? Horford's not going to replace that scoring. Uh, Baines isn't going to replace that scoring. You know, you really got to look to somebody to score. I and mean, you would think that guy would be Hayward, but he's just not, it's not the same. You know? Uh, no. He, I mean, he's, he's been better yeah, recently. No, he's, he's definitely, definitely been better, but he's not going to be able to replace. Oh, Pacers are by 12 now, too. Because, what are you, you're probably, I don't know how much Marcus Smart, Averages, but you're replacing probably what double digit scoring easily, you know, mm-hmm. no problem. And to me, and a guy, I mean, he's been a starter for the yeah, whole year, and he's a lockdown defender too. He's uh, yeah, and he's the heart and soul of that team. That's where I think you know the absence is is biggest, not even just stats. It's just you know, he's he sort of seems like the leader on that team, even though he's not the yeah. best player. Um, you know, he's the one that's that's scrapping for loose balls, that's making every hustle play. Um, that you know can challenge these younger guys that can challenge Kyrie because obviously that's been a problem this year. Uh, the chemistry with Kyrie, so I mean they feel his absence in a multitude of ways, no doubt. It's and it's you know, I mean right now they're getting kind of ran away from with the Pacers, but I don't think the Pacers. I mean, what would you think if the Pacers do happen to make it out of the series? You know, be in Boston. Do you think the Pacers can really make some noise, or do you think? Yeah. Uh, I don't see it. No, I mean, just not enough offense. I mean, that's the problem. That was even the problem I thought with this team even before Oladipo got hurt. Um, and they lost their one guy that can, you know, create at the end of games and that their one, you know, star-level type player. Um, you know, Bogdanovich has kind of been a revelation this year. He's been a lot better than I think people would have thought. And I think he's, he's going to be a free agent this summer. Someone's going to pay him pretty big money. Um, but other than that, I mean, the guards that they have. Like, yeah, they play hard. They play really good defense. Um, but I mean, Corey Joseph and Darren Collison and Wesley Matthews, who's like a hundred years old, like Tyreek Evans, who looks like he's 500 pounds and he's gained a ridiculous amount of weight in the last couple of years. Um, I mean, these guys just aren't, they're, they're, they're not that good. Uh, they got a really good front line. I do like those guys, Turner and Sabonis, that young, former Sixers shout out, uh, who's still, who's still hustling around the league. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just the talent. Pool isn't quite isn't quite deep enough. Talk about you know just to deviate for a quick second, but you know throwback to the to the old Sixers teams that I uh, that everyone pretty much hated at the time. All these guys though have gone on to have a lot of success Bad. elsewhere. Iguodala, Finals MVP, he's been a part of you know one of the all time great teams. Lou Will might be a Hall of Famer, you know the, one of the best six men of all time, just getting buckets and was doing it the other night yep. against the Warriors. Drew Holiday, an All Star point guard now. And Thad Young, a quality starter on a good team. I mean, all these guys were on the same team at once in Philly. And, you know, I didn't even really like that team. I don't they, think were too they were too young. And now they're all in good roles for themselves. Yeah, too young for their own good back then. You yeah. Know, yeah. That's when that was the whole, you know, trust your process type deal. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was literally that was the those were the last games before the process era, before we just started losing on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hopefully, I get to see my Knicks over in the, uh, you know, this time next year when we're talking. Oh uh, yeah. Be, well, oh, KD dropped well, just well, about thirty-five. Well, no big deal. You know. <laughs> we'll have plenty of time to speculate. Yeah. Oh, so, oh man, those are going to be some lit podcasts in the summer. Uh, I can't our wait. Our NBA out. free agency podcast might be. I mean, we might just. Oh, that's we're gonna have to nuts. do like an all nighter for that one. Yeah, I was gonna say that could go for three <laughs> hours. I don't know if people want to hear us talk for three hours. We can divide it into a that's couple seconds, either. but that's gonna be we're a long one. Do like a video chat kind of thing, you know, or something. Uh, yeah, yeah go, <laughs> we gotta we gotta do it live we'll too. We'll go to Last Tino's, year, we'll go to like, Tino's yeah. apartment. You know, we'll get him. Back. Yeah, no, that so, sounds good. Yeah. So let's talk about the West real quick because this to me is mind boggling. What's going on in the West? Uh. The Nuggets, I don't think they're for real. I think they're the biggest pretender, you know, in the NBA final, in the NBA playoffs. I'm sorry. Uh, I just don't think they're that good. <laughs> I think they play way over their head all season, and I just think they're that good. Uh-huh. You know, I don't either. No, I, I'm. With and then you. I mean, I know they won yesterday, but they were down pretty much the whole game. You know, old. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Oh, Grand Spurs blew it. You know, lost by. You know, they were 19 at one point, I believe, and then Nuggets came back and won. Uh. But I just don't – they just don't seem like – like their star player and uh, – what's his name? The big dude. Oh, Jokic? Jokic? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think he can be a star all game, you know. And the Spurs, I just think, are a little bit too well coached to lose this series to me. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Spurs. I think this game – this series would go six. But I wouldn't be surprised if you saw the Spurs come out of it. Yeah, I kind of like the Spurs. Um, yeah, I think we both said Denver going yep. into it, but I, I thought it would be a pretty deep series. Um, just because, I mean, I don't think the Spurs team is, is that good. But, you know, I mean, just with the system and with Popovich and the playoff experience, I mean, they just know how to get it done. Um, and Denver really especially wasn't playing well towards the end of the season. So, um, you know, and, and I think – I thought they were overrated to begin with. Um, and we, I think they got spanked by the Warriors and the Rockets a couple times in the last yeah. month. Um, kind of ridiculous. They ended up with the two seed. Um, they really screwed with the standings too. Because now, like instead of instead of Warriors Rockets conference finals, and I think we can all agree those are the two best yeah. teams. Those two teams are going to have to meet in the second round now, which means like I think, and I hate the way the NBA does it too with the playoffs. Like I, I don't. I, we might have talked about this last week. Um, but how every other sport, you know, reseeds the teams after each round. So, like, the lowest seed just always plays the highest seed in every round. They do that in the NFL. Do they do that in NHL? Um, they did do it in hockey before they, you know, now hockey is, like, weird because they have, like, four separate divisions and two. They do, like, an inner conference, an inner division championship, and then those two teams meet for the conference oh. championship. Hockey's all goofy with that. They used to do reseeding though before they did the realignment a few years ago. Um, and then baseball obviously only has a couple rounds, so it doesn't really matter there. Um, but yeah, football reseeds. So like in basketball, I, I don't like how they do it to where it's like the winner of the one eight has to play the winner of the four five. It's like a bracket. So like, you know, in this case, say the Spurs were to beat the Nuggets, and then who's the other? Oh, then it's Portland OKC. Okay, say Portland wins, and they're the they're the three seed. And say the Rockets win, the Warriors win. So now you're going to have a matchup of the three seed Blazers versus the seven seed Spurs, 
and the one seed Warriors versus the four seed yep. Rockets. Like, why are we doing it that way? Why are we not just reseeding and you know having the highest seeded team play the lowest seeded team? Why is the why are the matchups you know predetermined round by round? Basically, is what I'm saying, which I don't like because now you're going to have a situation where the Rockets and the Warriors are the best, you know, the two best teams. And if one of those, you know, if Portland or or if Denver gets upset in the in the first round, it's not going to matter because the Rockets and the Warriors are still going to have to play. So I don't like the way they do it. Um, but with that being said, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it now. If the matchups are predetermined, but we're going to have, you know, by rule of this goofy bracket, you know, one of these four teams, one of Denver, Portland, OKC, or San Antonio is going to be in the West Finals. They have to be. Like, they're one of those four teams is going to be in the West Finals, which is goofy to think about because I would consider, you know, three other teams in the conference better than them. Uh, Golden State, Houston, and Utah. And Houston and Utah have to play in the first round. So I don't really like the way the, the, uh, the standings fell this year. And I think reseeding could, could you know, switch that up a little bit. Um, that's my little rant on that. But getting back to it, yeah, I do, I do like the Spurs in this series with the, uh, with the experience. And it's goofy the way they get all their baskets, too, because, like, I think they shot the least amount of threes in the NBA this season, but they also had, like, the second highest uh, yeah. percentage on those attempts, which is funny um, because, all you know, their two best scorers are primarily mid-range guys. Now, not even just primarily. I mean, that's literally the only scoring they do. They don't even take any threes, all of them under Rosen. So you got to get it, you know, from other guys like Patty Mills and Bellinelli. Um but I think the Spurs going back home too. They're one of the best home teams in the league this year. Uh, I kind of like them in this series. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I could say about the seeding is I would assume that the NBA doesn't think that they're going to get a, you know, they wouldn't think that a Warriors Nuggets, you know, conference final would be possible. You know, because it's always Rockets yeah. Warriors. Uh, you know, even in the past, it's always been big teams that have gone to the West that have been. You know, the West has obviously been the better conference the last, you know, probably decade, I would say, other than when LeBron and was with the Heat and, you know, the Celtics Heat and all that. But, you know, that's the only thing I could think of with the seeding. I think, in, honestly, I mm-hmm. think in the future you'll see the best 16 teams make it. Yeah, that's going to happen. I agree. I don't – I looked at – I don't yeah. think that – you'll see like the East and the West be a thing anymore. Obviously it will be still the conferences. I think the schedule will stay the same in the regular season, but you will see at some point the 16th seed will be the 16th best team in the NBA. And the one seed will be the one, you know, the best team in the NBA type deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that is going to happen. Um, and I was looking at, uh, I think it might've been Bleacher Report. Someone tweeted out what the one through 16 standings would have looked like this year if they were to happen and there were a couples like Sixers Thunder would have been a first round matchup. And I think that would have been, you know, certainly entertainment galore oh, for the, the rest especially. of the audience. Ru- Russ and NBA oh, yeah, in round absolutely. one. Yeah. And I think Celtics jazz would have been a matchup too, which would have been a lot of fun to watch. So I think you'll get some cooler matchups that way. I'm, I'm definitely on board with doing one. Through yeah. 16. I think, I think you'll eventually see that. I just don't think the East is power powerful enough as of now that and they're missing like you miss a lot of brand name teams too with the east and like the way it is right now like the knicks obviously are a brand team you know name so to have them out of the playoffs constantly isn't good for the nba i feel like the pistons being there like you know it's whatever this isn't the pistons of the early 2000s this is the Pistons now. yeah yeah so it's like teams like that like obviously you want ratings if you're in the playoffs 
and the Bucks Pistons. I mean, they're on NBA TV right now. How, what do you? Who? How many people think you're watching that? <laughs> I know I'm not. <laughs> if it gets close, I'll turn it on. But it's highly unlikely. Yeah, I mean close. exactly. Uh, so yeah. going back to another matchup over there in uh, the West, the Thunder Trailblazers. This is to me is the most surprising series because I didn't think the, trail, the Trailblazers really stood a chance against the Thunder. Uh, I know we talked about it last week. You know, we both thought the Thunder were going to come out of this, but now they're down two zero. Russ didn't play particularly well last night. Uh, Damian Lillard's on fire. CJ McCollum is, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's yeah. doing his thing. He's to mm-hmm. me, he's one of the best role players in the NBA. Uh, you know, I don't know what you think about that, but to me, yeah, no, I love him. I and, and the Lehigh guy, you know, beat Duke over there when they were yeah. fifteen. See a little fun fact of you. That's true. Uh, but to me, and Paul George, I mean, he was on fire last night, but the shoulder thing is not good. No, it is not. Yeah. The, um, yeah. No, no, the, like, yeah, no, I was just going to say, this is, I mean, we, we should, I mean, I should have known, we should have known just uh, never to trust OKC and particularly Russ in the playoffs. Um, they're now three and 10 in playoff games since Durant left. Um, they haven't won a road playoff game since Durant left or a series. Um, and, and, you know, I like them too. And the good version of them is, I think, you know, one of the highest ceilings in the NBA, a team that could push the Warriors and could challenge them. They just don't play consistently enough, man. And it's just, it's never, they can never string it all together. It seems like they're always limping to the finish line, which they did this year. You know, their seating really dropped. Um, and I like them in this series too. And, you know, they can still come back. I think going home will help a lot. You know, a lot of those shots that weren't falling from the role players, they'll make more shots at home. They'll pick up the defensive intensity. Um, you know, Portland's role guys won't shoot as well. So I think this series is far from over. Um, and I love the chippiness in this series too. You know, these two teams really don't like each other. Um, you know, obviously the Russ-Dame rivalry that's kind of been going on for years, it's been brewing. Um, would have even been better. You know, it's kind of a bummer that Nurkic got hurt. Uh, would have been great to see Nurkic and Adams too, you know, just – Two bruisers going at it. Um, but Ennis Canner, you know, former Thunder player, doing his best impersonation. Obviously, he had the huge game one. Um, but just OKC, man. Just, I mean, I can't help but think when I watch, like, I'm watching the game last night, and it's getting near the end of the first half. And they're playing pretty well. You know, Paul George is shooting the ball pretty well. I'm like, all right. And, you know, and I feel like I've watched this game a thousand times, especially over the last three years, you know, since Durant left. Like, they play well. They, they hang in there in the first half. They closed the first half poorly. They let the, you know, the other team back in it and they had to tie the game or take the lead. And they just get blasted in the third quarter. It's like they stopped playing. And, and I don't know why it's hard. It's weird. I can't explain it, but I feel like I've watched that exact game happen last night. I feel like I've watched that a hundred times over the last couple of years with OKC. Um, and they don't, I mean, they don't really have enough guys. I mean, you could say a lot's on Russ and PG's plate because they don't truly have any other, you know, great options to go to. Schroeder's hit or miss, and you know the rest of their guys are kind of just role guys, um, and they don't they don't have enough shooting ever. Too, they love getting all these athletes. You know, Jeremy Grant's a good player. I like him. You know, Terrence Ferguson has some upside, but these guys they can't make shots. I mean, you got a guy like Westbrook who can beat anybody in in the league off the dribble, can set up anybody to shoot a three, and they continually just get guys that can't shoot. So they get wide open looks and they brick them. You know, year after year. So I, I don't you know I don't really understand the team structure there either. 
That being said, I think they're going to get back in the series. I still think it's going to be a long series. Could go six or seven. Um, but it sort of feels like Portland's got a different a different vibe about him this year. I mean, I think Dame's taking that next step to where he's a true – I mean, he was always a star. I think he's a legit superstar, a legit, you know, possible top ten player in the league now. Um, I mean, he's really had a special season. And like I said, I mean, one of those four teams is going to have to be in the conference finals. Starting to get that feeling to me. I know it's still early, but – feels like it could be it could be the Damian Lillard you know show carrying Portland dragging them to the conference finals this year I could see it yeah I wouldn't be surprised uh the Thunder I mean Westbrook's not the greatest shooter right he's he's a better playmaker he gets to the basket a lot and you can shoot the little jumper you know but for him to take over a game he needs to have guys that are making shots also uh Paul George seems like he's going to get his you know every single game even with this injury but I don't know. I mean, to me, the, the trouble is just, just outplaying them every part of the game. You know? Uh, yeah, Tanner, they are. Tanner's having a great playoff. Uh, you know, I wish it was for the Knicks, but, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and then, I mean, to do this against his former team, too, you know he wants to. Him and Steven Adams were friends, and they seem like they're kind of like frenemies now. You know, a yeah. tough deal. But to see... The Thunder kind of – no, this is the constant story with the Thunder, too. It's when are they going to make this jump where they can actually push and actually make a legit shot for winning an NBA championship? This is the same thing every year. Oh, let's go. You know, we'll get to the playoffs and we'll throw up a dud and we'll be done. You know, exactly. exactly. That's what yeah, I'm saying. they're one of the most exciting teams in the NBA. And for them to constantly do this is just a shame. It is. I mean, they got. I mean, they've got tremendous talent and – I mean, they're they're certainly top heavy, but when you've got a team with Russ and PG, I mean, you should be beating most teams, especially in you know in the West. Even, um, you know, last year they had a disappointing exit. You know, the only year where what was it? It was yeah, the two years ago where it was the you know the origin of the Westbrook triple double yeah. show. Um, that team wasn't really that good. That was literally just Russ and a bunch of yeah. nobodies. So, you know, that that wasn't surprising that that team got bounced. But the last two years, I mean, this team is one of the more talented teams in the league, and they just they never seem to put it all together. It's like, you know, one second they look like they're invincible defensively. And then the next second, like the effort's not there. They're not getting the loose balls. Portland looks like the hungrier team right now. They look like they want it more. I mean, they're driven too by a couple disappointing playoff exits in a row. I think before this series, they had lost like 10 playoff games in a row or something yeah. like that. Got swept two years in a row. I, you know, last year, certainly, you know, it was the, uh, the Anthony Davis show in the first round where they got blitzed. Um, I think everybody was sort of ready to write them off now, and they've come back strong from it. Yeah, they, but they, uh, they, yeah, I mean, like I said, this it's still gonna be a long series. Um, OKC will get back into it at home. I'd be shocked if they don't. Um, but I don't know if they're gonna be able to win up there in Portland. They looked pretty daunting the first yeah, two games. Yeah, and Damian Lillard just bodying Russell Westbrook, and just, you know, yeah, he just looks like a man on a mission. Uh, and I think definitely it's been fueled by a lot of people are saying, "Why are the Thunder underdogs this series?" You know. Clearly, they should yeah. be. I mean, not- yeah, no, I, I hear you. But the way the first two games, yeah. definitely. So let's let's stop the NBA talk for now. You know, next week we'll have a little bit better picture of who's going to advance to the second round. Some series will be over by then. Uh, and let's go switch our focus to the NFL. Some big news coming out tonight with the NBA sky or not the NBA. See, I'm racing. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. too locked in the uh, NBA. With the NFL schedule is coming out for this year, so. I have the Sunday night schedule right here. Uh, I'll read off a few big games. 
you know, I'll go through it a little bit. So the first one we have, obviously, this is a Thursday night game, kick off the season, Packers-Bears. I think that's a great matchup. Can't wait. Excited for that game. A little redemption season for Aaron Rodgers. I'm so excited for that game. I bet you are. Then we go to uh, next, that's Sunday night officially. It'll be Steelers-Patriots. Then it's Eagles-Falcons. Rams-Browns. Now, that's a game that I – Oh, that's a good one. Week three? Where is that That is in Cleveland. Wow, that's an awesome So, to me, I think that game is just, you know – Rams, Browns, they see that because the Browns are, you know, let's get crying to everybody. Finally, I'll be able to say this first, you know, another week that we have gone through, you know, thank God there's been no crying this week of any receivers, no emotions, no nothing. It's only Wednesday, knock on wood. That is true. It's got a couple of days left. That is true, but that's the week three game. Rams, Browns, that could be really good. The Browns, you come out of the gate hot. Uh, Cowboys Saints for a little rematch of that Thursday night game where the Cowboys completely, I mean, completely dominated uh, oh, the Saints. Yeah. Uh, Colts Chiefs, a little matchup from what was the divisional series last year? Yeah, yeah. the one uh-huh. uh, that's in Kansas City. Steelers Chargers, another one uh, that kind of cost the Steelers a season last year. Oh, but right. that Sunday yeah. night game was huge. Uh huh. But they went offside six times in a row to try to block the field goal. And he missed twice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we got Eagles Cowboys. That's going to be a barn burner. That'll be oh, yeah. one. That's a, that's a staple. Eagles Cowboys yep. Sunday night. Every in year. Dallas, week seven. Week eight, I think this is the game. This is the premier game of Sunday night football. Packers at the Chiefs. Get wow. That Mahomes. is. Oh man, the the superstar versus the soon to be superstar. That's going to be a huge one. Uh, I can't wait for that game. October. That's points galore. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's, that's a fun and, one in Kansas City. That's uh-huh. going to be a tough place for Rogers to go, but I think he's yeah. Obviously, I think they're going to pull out every game, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll never I'll never say the Packers going to lose unless Brett or uh-huh. Sean Kaiser or. God knows a multitude of backup quarterbacks having to play, you know, because Rodgers didn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, so then we got Patriots Browns. Or not, I'm sorry, not Patriots Browns. Patriots Ravens. Then we got Vikings Cowboys. That could be. Oh, uh, Viking! That's a good Vikings one too. Yeah, be a good regular Vikings. season team. So. Yeah. Then we go a little matchup between the Bears and the Rams. I yeah. Like that too. Seahawks Eagles. Uh-huh. Oh, I saw that. We got a home Sunday yep. night. Then we yeah. go to the Thursday night game, Thanksgiving game. Saints-Falcons rematch of last year. Yeah, again? Why are we doing that again? That wasn't even that good I'm of a game I'm assuming they year. think it's because the Falcons are going to be a lot better than they were last year. Uh, I, I could do yep. without that. And then this is kind of like a little bit of a clunker. We got Patriots-Texans. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could And then we it. got Seahawks-Rams. Vikings-Chargers. I like Chiefs that too. Bears. Chiefs Bears. Oh man, that's a good one to close the year. Is that in Chicago that too? Game is in Chicago. In Chicago, oh, that's a good one. That'll be a tough one. Mahomes going into the cold weather in the windy city late in the year. They knocked it out of the park there. Um, I think that's you know that's the one thing the NFL certainly they did a great job with last year too. Uh, was really nailing the primetime games. I think that had kind of been a problem in recent years. 
um, you know, getting some clunkers. You know, I, uh, there was one year, the Monday night games, like I don't think there was one matchup between two winning teams all year or something like that. Um, so it's good to see. I mean, they're, you know, I didn't really, you know, obviously there'll be some matchups that end up being worse because, you know, teams disappoint. It happens every year. But for the most part, I think they, it seems like they got it right with that schedule. Um, a lot of, you know, great matchups, a lot of stars, you know, in prime time, which is what the league, which is what the fans want to see. Um, and I think, you know, just building off last year too, because last year, you know, you know, like we saw you know, a couple years in a row, wasn't the best years for the league, just in terms of, you know, the image and, and everything. And I thought last year, you know, it was a great year for the NFL. I thought they really bounced back. You know, there was no anthem controversy. There was no, you know, the CTE talks seemed like it died down a little bit. Um, and the games I thought were, were much better too, um, in the primetime games, especially. So look for that to continue this year. I hope so. And that, that sounded like a great Sunday night slate. Yeah. Now, if you only fix the refs, then it'll be good. Yeah, well, that's an ongoing issue. So, are you ready for a Thursday night schedule? <laughs> yes. See if your that. opinion is still the same after a Thursday night schedule. So, uh, we got starting off hot week two Bucks Panthers. Oh, well, that's, that, that's riveting. Week three, starting off hot again Titans Jaguars. Oh, that's such a staple. <laughs> Good thing it's earlier in the year this year. That's usually like a a week 13, week 14 matchup between the five and seven Titans and the four that's, and eight Jags. It's good. They're getting that, getting that out of the way. The gamblers love, right? Every year. It's a, that's a Thursday night game. Yeah. It's pretty bad. So next one, <laughs> week four Eagles at the Packers. That's a big one. Yes. In Lambo. That oh, could be, that might have to be a live. Brett Garner just hit a slam. I just got to throw <laughs> that in there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so that could be a live broadcast for us. I mean, it might have to, honestly. Week That'll Packers, be a lot of that fun. Could be, uh-huh. uh, week five, Rams Seahawks. Classic. Oh, that's good. That's a two two Rams Seahawks primetime. Yeah. Um, next one will be enticing only because of the matchup, but nothing for nothing else. Giants at the Pats. Oh yeah, that's a lot yeah, of history. Just because of the, you know, the Giants probably won't be very yeah. good, but. Certainly, the uh, the history there is, a good and then matchup. we go week seven, Chiefs at the Broncos. Oh, it could be decent. Redskins at the Vikings. Yeah, Case Keenum come back. Yeah, to I mean that's a, that's the matchup of two. <laughs> I guess two that's four yeah, QBs. That's, yeah. I could see it going head to head on on yeah. opposite teams. There's some drama. Uh, there. Then we got the 49ers Cardinals. Ugh. This one could be good. The next one, Chargers at the Raiders. Chargers Raiders that could be good. It could be possibly. Yeah, we'll see about the Raiders. I don't know. Then could we got it's then a, we got the Steelers Browns. That could that's be, good. You know, we I don't like know that. what either team will be. You know, be a lot uh-huh. of crying in that game. But yeah, <laughs> we don't know. Uh, yeah. Then we got the Colts Texans. Could yeah. be good too. Colts kind of kicked their Texans ass. Kind of laid down though. So you know. Uh, yeah. Somehow they'll always be playing in that first Saturday game in the playoffs. Oh yeah. That's, that's <laughs> uh, and then we got uh, the Cowboys versus Bears. That'll be a good. Cowboys. Oh, I like that. The Cowboys are in it. That would definitely be a good one. And then we got uh-huh. the Jets Ravens. That would be a good one. I feel like I feel like the Jets are going to make a huge leap. Uh, yeah, you like the Jets. Um, that's yeah. That's a matchup of two teams that you know kind of had big offseason overhauls with their rosters. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they're at at that point of the season. Yeah, it, it'll be uh, it'll be exciting. So that is, I'm not sure actually if that's a Saturday game or not that we can see. I know they kind of throw it in there every once in a while. I believe uh, it is right, a Thursday yeah. night game, though. What week is that? 14, 15? So could be a, you know, a Thursday night, going to be a Saturday night game, really. But gotcha. um, other than that, that's the schedule. So I don't know if you've gotten a chance to take a look at the Eagles schedule, but. Oh, yes, I have. That's all excite I you. Uh, a lot of primetime games, which I love. Um, I was telling you earlier, I think before we were on the, uh, um, you know, the Eagles, I think, have the second most primetime games in the league since 2000. So in this century, obviously, you know, you can guess the Dallas Cowboys have have the most. Um, but a lot of those Eagles games have been against Dallas. So no shocker that they're that they're second on that list. Um, the Dallas Sunday night game obviously excites me. Um, in Dallas, seems like it alternates every year, you know, whether whether that game's going to be in Dallas or in Philly. Uh, a little earlier in the season this year than usual. I think it's in like week seven. Um, but then, you know, I think the biggest part of the Eagles schedule is closing the year with four straight division games. Um, I mean, that'll really be, you know, the sign, the telltale of where all these teams are. Um, I don't always love having – I like how they have some division games at the end of the year because, you know, it, it can make for great drama if two teams are – or both vying for the division title to play each other. Um, but with four straight to end the year, like you're naturally going to get a clunker in there because I don't think anybody expects the Redskins or Giants to be very good. So that'll be a matchup of, you know, a crappy Redskins or a Giants team that is just limping to the finish line. Um, but still, you know, you know the, the NFC East, like we always say, one of the more heated divisions in, in the league, um, big markets, um, and obviously a lot of disdain for each other. So I love that you know the last four games are gonna are gonna be that way, um, in a week sixteen home Sunday four twenty five matchup against Dallas, which I think could that could ultimately be for the division because I think most people expect those two teams to be vying for the title. Um, and then the other tidbit, one more I'll say on the schedule, uh, I love the week eleven week twelve home matchups for the Eagles. They get the bye week week ten, and then coming out of the bye, they got two prime prime time games at home. Week 11 against the Pats at 425. Week 12, Sunday night against Russell Wilson. Newly signed contract, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Um, that's a, you know, I think that's a great, great slate of games, back-to-back weeks. Um, and that'll be, you know, getting into the, getting into the, down the stretch run of the season uh, to where we really know who the true contenders are and not. Um, and I expect the Eagles, obviously, to be, to be good, to be right in the thick of things in the NFC this year. Um, so those are, those are two great games, you know, love having the Pats at home. I can't wait to be at that game and screaming every F bomb and every curse word in the book that I can at Brady and Belichick. Um, see, they won't be able to hear me in the upper deck cause I'll still, I'll still let it rip. Um, but I, uh, I can't wait. Those, those games back to back, uh, in prime time late in the season in November are going to be really exciting. Yeah. Um, for the Packers, obviously Packers Eagles, I'm circling. That'll be a big one. Uh, be a real test because the first three games, I mean, at the Bears. Oh, so that first game is in Chicago, by the way. So, okay. okay. So they go Bears, Vikings, Broncos. You know, those games don't really entice me. Obviously, need to beat Vikings and Bears. You know, hopefully start the season off 2-0. and Broncos are eh. You know, they're not great. Uh, the Eagles and then the Cowboys, back-to-back weeks, will be huge for the Packers in their season, kind of where what direction it's going to go to. Home against Oh, the Cowboys. So is the Cowboys game week three? So or week Eagles five? Packers is week four. Then Packers yeah. Cowboys is week five. 
Gotcha. And that's in that's, that's in, in Dallas. Dallas. Yes. Uh, and then we got Packers Chiefs. Obviously, like I said before, I think that's the game of the year. Uh, Rogers Mahomes going, you know, gunslinger versus the gunslinger. You know, that'll be a big one. Uh, Packers then go play the Chargers the week after that, so that could be a tough one right there. Uh, oh yeah, going yeah, out west, going out west. You know, back to back games. Oh, I mean the West. I mean Kansas City is not really the West, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the Packers kind of they finish up with three straight, you know, divisional opponents and the Bears home against the Bears and on the road against the Vikings and the Lions. So the season could very well come down to those last three games. Uh, like it, you know, in Packers fashion, we we'll, you know if we're really talking Packers football, they'll drop one of those games. Somehow, week seventeen will be a four twenty-five, <laughs> and I'll, I'll be this. on the edge of my seat for that one. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, so that's the NFL schedule for you. Uh, any interest in the draft coming up? It starts next week. Next, day. yeah. Um, you know, I haven't really done. I've really only studied like the first two rounds of guys. Uh, you know, mostly guys that are that are Eagles candidates. Um, at some point, you know, I love the draft too, you know, don't get me wrong, but I, I feel it not always useful to pour in so much time and effort into studying this when more than half the guys are going to be out of the league in yep. two years anyway, you know? So while I do like, I mean, I'm obviously going to watch it. Um, and I'm certainly intrigued to see who the Eagles get. Um, it's not, you know, it's not something that I've ever, it's almost something that I've kind of gotten less interested in over the years. Um, that being said, I'm still gonna, you know, order wings and drink beers and watch <laughs> everything from start to finish. But in terms of the preparation, like I don't know quite as much as I have probably in years past. Um, but uh, you know, some candidates for the Eagles. I like the. Uh, I want one of those D tackles from Clemson. Obviously, there's three of them that are probably going to go in the yeah. first round: uh, Farrell, Wilkins, and uh, and Lawrence. Um, I'd love to have one of those guys. I think the, that trio is just. I mean, we saw what they did on the biggest stage. Lawrence was suspended, but still a force. Um, and the other two guys just completely wreaked havoc against Alabama. Um, and I think Wilkins is a, is a candidate to maybe fall into that, into that mid to late twenties range. I don't know why, but that's what some people are saying. Um, and I'd love for the Eagles to scoop him. I think that'd be a great steal. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for the draft. Obviously I only really care about the Packers picks. I'll watch the first round. First round. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'll keep up to date on who the Packers draft, uh, the draft 12. So it should be a, a very good pick. I would think, uh, Hopefully it's a you know some sort of defensive player. Hopefully a safety, but yeah, you know, that's what I'm hoping. Uh, I don't know if they'll they'll think the same, but I think that's the biggest need right now. Uh, but yeah, it's exciting. I love draft weekend. I think it's exciting that it's finally the first thing you kind of see that's like the NFL is back. It's only you know not very far away from July when training camp opens up. So true. Week from tomorrow, too, which is yeah. exciting. Uh, next Thursday, it'll start. I believe it's at 7 o'clock it starts. Uh, obviously, the first round's a long as hell. So, <laughs> but it'll be fun. It's yeah. going to be a good time. So, so that wraps up this week of our podcast. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter. Give us a listen on multiple devices. I believe we're on Apple Music uh, and Anchor.com and Spotify, I believe, now, too. Although I'm not sure about that, uh, if, <laughs> multiple yeah, platforms. If Tino was here, he would know. But yeah. <laughs> uh, and then follow us at JokerMag.com. Some great stories coming out. Uh, I know Tyler O'Shea 
our founder. Uh, he came out with the article the other day about Tiger Woods. We had a great one on a Netflix documentary today. Uh, and I'll have something on Hunter, Hunter Renfro uh, coming up soon. Oh, I yeah. like that. Uh, Is he, uh, what's his draft stock? He's a mid round like? pick. Uh, mid round pick? That's, that's got Patriots right now. Equivalent all over. to Wes Welker. Uh, I've heard a lot of Wes Welker and not so much anybody else. Really, I don't Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the Welker Amendola more so, type. He's, he's got he's got pets right More also. so, yeah, oh, absolutely. More so, Wes Welker because of the size. You know, Wes Welker wasn't a big right. dude. Uh, Julian Edelman's, you know, really stocky. So, oh. but that could also be the performance enhancers he had at the beginning of the season. But you know, right? You know, always finding a way to cheat those Patriots. <laughs> no, of course, our favorites. Yeah, so, Love to hate them. So that wraps us up. Uh, enjoy your weekend. No golf this weekend, so unfortunately you're going to be stuck watching one of the three sports that are going on. And enjoy it. Enjoy it, everybody. Go Sixers. Thank you for listening to the Sneaky Place podcast presented by JoggerMag.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please smash that subscribe button and follow us on Twitter at PlaySneaky.